Welcome to the REI Mastermind Network, where host Jack Haas gathers amazing stories from leaders in real estate investing. In each episode, our guests will tell you what they're doing that works, what they've tried that failed, and best of all, you'll learn actionable steps to take your real estate investing to the next level. Now, here's Jack with another value-packed episode. Well, we have Kelly Edwards with LawtonMG.com, and I'll put just that link in the show notes. But she's also wrote, written a book, so I want to make sure everybody has that information. So go to TheReferralMagnet.com for more details on that. And I, Kelly, I really appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks so much. Glad to be here. So uh, let's let's start things off. I, I always find that marketing specialists are, it's kind of an accidental occupation. How did you end up here? Yeah, I am one of those extremely strange people that actually wanted to do this from the time that I was in middle <laughs> school. So uh, it's, it's a, a story you don't hear often, but I actually uh, majored in marketing in, in college, got a degree in it, and I've been doing this for a little over 20 years now. So you mentioned that early on you had some uh, real estate marketing experience as well. What? How did that go? Yeah. So my uh, my husband actually in his uh, late twenties worked in real estate uh, on a real estate team in the Dallas area, uh, and uh, just getting to know him and some of his coworkers there, I was hired for several years to be the marketing director of a large real estate team in the Dallas area. And then that team branched off and actually created a real estate coaching and consulting company. And I went over there as the marketing director uh, for for them for a number of years as well. So I, I know the real estate industry very, very well. Well, when you, let's, let's just jump right in. You know, you, your domain name and book says it all, the referral magnet. Uh, what made you decide to write this book? You know, the interesting thing in a lot of industries, real estate, finance, and others, you know, referrals are, you know, that's the best kind of lead you can get. You know, people come to you kind of pre-sold. They already have heard great things about you. And I just found in my in my time and, you know, working in marketing that there's kind of a fallacy with referrals. And that's that people often feel like your only way to get referrals is either to ask for them or they just sort of come to you passively. Uh, But the truth is there's a lot of middle ground in between there. There's a lot that you can do as a business owner uh, where the net output is an increase in referrals, but but not asking for them. I, I, I don't advocate asking for referrals. If people have found a way to do it and not be awkward, you know, more power to them. I just think it's really awkward for most people. So I uh, wrote the book on, you know, kind of teaching all the different things that you can do to uh, to generate referrals without asking for them. Yeah. You know, I used to be a part of a, a networking group and, and it was all about referrals. It it was, it could yeah. get a little awkward sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, and those groups are great and they have their place. You know, I just think I don't know. Some people find their way and in, in do really well with asking for them. But I mean, in my experience, most people find it awkward to ask for referrals and the people being asked find it awkward as well. So it's just kind of a salesy thing that doesn't really need to be inserted into a relationship, in my opinion. Right. So, well, one of those things that says, you know, you have three bullet points on your website. One of them is enhance your brand. Mm-hmm. How would you say that ties into building your referrals or if you don't ask for them, how are you, how are you getting them? 
Yeah. So on the brand, on enhancing your brand and where that matters is when you think about the cycle of a referral, people think about and always talk about getting referrals. There's really two sides to it. It's getting referrals. And then it's those referrals deciding to actually reach out to you and convert to prospects. And so that's where having a strong brand comes into play. And I always tell people, you don't actually know how many referrals you're getting. You know how many are actually making it all the way through and choosing to contact you. Uh, And there's a difference there for sure. So, you know, building a referable brand means making sure that you have everything in place so that when somebody is going through the process of Googling you and vetting you to check you out, that they can find you quickly and easily and that everything they find sends the right message and inspires them to get in touch. So that's really how uh, your brand affects that referral process in a significant way. And that's often not, not even thought of by people. Yeah. And, and I've, I've mentioned a couple of times, it seems like when it comes to marketing, especially I can, I can, I think I can safely clump in not only real real estate investors, but real tours into the same pool. We're kind of behind the trends right now when it comes to this type of thing. So when you say make yourself easily found and a few other, you know, those type of things, especially online, what are a couple of those low-hanging fruits, something that's easily done that somebody that's listening to the show right now, an action item they can take this afternoon to make a significant change in that? Great question. Yeah. I mean, the first thing you should do is actually Google yourself the way that somebody referred to you would. Google your name. Oftentimes it's maybe your name and the city you're in or the name and the industry you're in, like, you know, Kelly Edwards investor or something like that. But Google yourself the way a prospect would and and look at what actually comes up and what doesn't. I mean, you know, the goal would be to see your personal website, your social media profiles, and basically content that you control uh, coming up to fill up uh, the first page of Google. So uh, if that is not happening and, you know, either competitors are coming up or maybe, you know, if anyone who's been in business long enough, you know, might have a bad review or two out there, if that's what's showing up, then uh, definitely need to take steps to fix that. I would say the first, uh, the first thing is to make sure that you've got a good modern website that has the right kind of information about your firm uh, and what you do and why you do it and pictures and all that good stuff. Um, And then certainly a a super low-hanging fruit is making sure that, and people don't think about this a lot, but making sure that all of the critical directories online that you're that you are listed properly in there and completely in there. And by directories, I mean like Google has a business directory. Their Bing has a business directory. There's um, Yelp that most people are familiar with, uh, City Search, Yellow Pages, etc. There's critical about 20 to 25 critical web directories. Uh, and you need to make sure that you are listed in all of you're listed consistently in all of those. And most of them are free listings. You're listed in there completely and consistently the same way in all of them. That's going to make a tremendous impact in how you show up on the first page of Google. And then with with all of that, uh, you, you mentioned the directories. And I've, I've actually found that uh, there was a company that I, I'd been working with that uh, got a negative review. And it wasn't even associated with their business. I don't even know how it how it ended up on there. But what do you do with those situations where you mentioned having having those reviews where you uh, get a negative review and it, it doesn't even pertain to you? It's, it seems like it's impossible to get them removed. 
(laughs) It is extremely difficult to get them removed. That is true. Review websites are very hardcore about not uh, about not removing reviews. They do have, there are some instances, if you can absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt prove that they're not talking about you or you read the review and it's clearly not even in the same industry, um, they do all have like an appeals process that you can go through to try to get them removed. But I will tell you from experience, the, the attitude of Google and Yelp and others is basically like, hey, we're a free service. You didn't pay to even be in Google. We're not responsible for the reviews on your profile, you know, sorry, not sorry. It's really, it's unfortunate. And as a business owner, it can be very frustrating. The best thing you can do is the best, you know, whatever, the best defense, I guess, in it is a good offense. Get reviews ahead of time. Make it a point to solicit reviews on, you know, your important channels like Google and Yelp and other places like that. Um, Just be sure to solicit them, ask people that you're working with for reviews. And that way you can compile enough to where if a bad one slips through every now and then it's not going to hurt you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So earlier you mentioned having a personal website. Do you really, do you recommend that you have one basically at your, what your name is the URL? Like, is that something you would typically suggest for people? I, yes, I do, especially in a you know in a, in the type of industry where it's you know people hiring people more so than hiring a company. So if you're you know you're a realtor or you're an investor or you're a financial advisor, I mean these are all industries where people hire people. They're going to be looking for you by name. Even if you have a company, you have a, you know a DBA name, whatever. You've got a corporate name. Great, you can have that on the website as well. You can have a URL that has. Uh, your company's name in it as well, but it's a great best practice to to definitely brand yourself as well. You can have more than one domain name pointing at a website, so you could have your company name and your personal name uh, pointing at the website. But certainly, you know, anything that you want to show up for, you need to have a decent volume of information about that on your website. So when that comes to you and people looking for you, make sure you have a really robust bio page that gives lots of detail about who you are. Um, in websites in general, you know, in, in this day and age, you really want to be brief with your content because people won't read very much. Um, they just, everybody's busy and nobody's going to take the time to read lots of paragraphs. The one exception to that is your bio. People will, when they're vetting a person that they're considering working with, they will read a lot of times every word of your bio. So the more you have out there, the better. Talk about your personal life, talk about your past experience, your education, what you do, et cetera. And having a robust page like that will definitely help you to show up when people are looking for you. Hmm. So, you know, uh, that's that's especially interesting. Do you find that you mentioned put anything and everything up there? Are you literally putting anything and everything up there? Or are you targeting the specific categories? Yeah, I mean, when it comes to your bio, yeah, I mean, certainly nothing, you wouldn't want to put anything that's not flattering, but you don't know what's important to different people. So some people are going to care a lot about how long you've been in the business and how many people you've worked with. Some people don't care at all about that. Some care about your education, some don't. So just put it all there and make sure that it's really well organized so that people can kind of visually skim and scan and choose to read what they care about most. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. That, that makes a lot of sense. So, you know, you mentioned in, in your book, I was glancing through the contents here. It says passing the test you don't know you're taking. Mm -hmm. I thought that was, that's an interesting line. What do you mean by that? 
So the test you don't know you're taking is is referencing that vetting process that every business owner goes through. When again, when somebody is referred to you or you're running ads, you're doing social media ads or traditional marketing or whatever, you're driving people to a website, to a web presence of some sort. And at that point, you're you're there's a test going on that you're not aware of. You don't know that they're there vetting you, but that's what people are there doing. They're qualifying or disqualifying you based on what they find on the website. So that's, you know, ideally you want, I mean, you want to pass the test that you don't know you're taking. That is going on. It's a passive process that you're not involved with, but it's absolutely happening. And the more times you pass that test, the more referrals and the more leads and prospects actually make their way to reaching out to you. Sure. Uh, just to remind everybody, go to the referralmagnet.com for more information, uh, particularly regarding this book. I, I think there's gonna there's a lot of content here. It looks like you've crammed in a lot of information in about 280 pages. <laughs> yes, it, uh, it it definitely has a, a lot of uh, robust information, and really wanted to make sure that we, you know, I gave a lot of detail for people. Um, to be able to implement strategies right away. And I, I know I get frustrated sometimes reading books when the, well, okay, well, how am I supposed to do that part is not answered. So the book gives a lot of really practical advice and steps to get started and, you know, becoming a referral magnet. There's really two sides of it. And the book is divided into two parts. And the first part of that is building an, a referable brand, something that's going to convert when you uh, when people actually find their way to you. And then the other part of that is, well, how do I get more people coming to me to begin with? And that's all about, you know, doing things in the business where there's an increased volume in your, your current clients and centers of influence referring people to you. So increasing the referrals and then also increasing the conversions. I would have to think that some of this has to do with making things easy for people to reach out to you then when they're when they are vetting you online, is there tips or strategies regarding that? Like, what do you suggest? Yeah, absolutely. I I would suggest having multiple ways for people to reach out to you every way that you're willing to take a lead, put it out there. That could be including your, you know, your cell phone, your email address, letting people text you, having a form on the website. One of the mistakes I see people make a lot is that they will, you know, the, for example, they'll have a contact page and the only thing on the contact page is a form that they can fill out. Honestly, not everybody likes to fill out a form. Some people prefer to have a phone call or to shoot you a text message or whatever. So the more ways that you can give people to actually raise their hand and convert, the better. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's talk a little bit about social media. It, you know, we talked about putting your best foot forward on your personal website and your your company brand what do you suggest how do people handle their personal accounts because i uh, you know i'm guilty of this now i post things as rental properties into like the facebook buy sell groups and when somebody inquires one of the first things i do now is i check their profile mm-hmm. That's what we all do. And uh, that's one of the powerful uh, things about social media. Social media is incredible for a lot of reasons in the marketing realm. There's different ways to use it. There's different uh, approaches with it. Um, It's a fantastic tool for relationship building. And so one of the best things you can do, practical advice that people listening can do today that you can implement that will make a difference in your referrals. It doesn't take any money and takes very little time is to connect on the personal, on your personal profiles, connect with as many of your clients, centers of influence, people that you rub shoulders with in the business world, connect with all of them just on a human personal level. So if you have a business page, great, 
not talking about that right now on the personal side, and then spend a few minutes a day commenting on the things they post. So when people post something on in social media, I'll use Facebook as an example. When somebody posts a picture of their daughter, you know, in her dance recital on Facebook, when they're posting things, they're doing it in hopes of getting a reaction, getting people to respond and care and tell you how cute she is and whatever. It's just, that's what's actually happening in the psychology of it. And so if you're one of those people that cares enough to comment and say, oh, wow, you know, looks like she did great. Congratulations. What ends up happening is very quickly, you change the relationship with your clients and centers of influence from, you know, investor and client to friends. And that's what you want to do. You're getting into friend territory with almost no investment in time. You can spend five minutes a day and easily comment on 10 or 15 different people's posts. And it makes a tremendous difference in building those relationships over time. But that's something you can do right now. It takes, I mean, very little time, no money, and it works incredibly well. Uh, and then there's also the paid side of social media, which is, is very powerful as well, uh, because it gives you the ability to get uh, you know, very targeted messages in front of the right people. So you know, as an investor, you know what you're looking for in the right, you know, the right type of people that you're looking for. Uh, well, Facebook, for example, is the largest data aggregator in the world. They know a lot about all of us, and it's not self-reported. It's because they buy lists from other companies, so they they know, for example, that I have you know a 13 and a 14 year old child because. One of the lists Facebook bought a long time ago was my baby registry from Target, you know, 15 years ago. So um, they know a lot about all of us. And, you know, from a consumer standpoint, that can be a little freaky to think about. But mm-hmm. from a marketing standpoint, it gives you the ability to really narrowly focus your 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 messages down to the right market segment. You know, you say it's it's creepy, but I mean, their algorithm is so good. You know, we almost sometimes I'm sure it, it's happened to everybody. You know, you go to your you, Facebook page, you might have been talking to a friend or family member about a certain topic. You don't think you've ever entered it online. You you almost think Facebook or or Google has been listening to you in some way because you see an ad almost immediately afterwards. It, it's not that they're listening to you, but their algorithms are so good that they've picked on any kind of subtleties during your search and your in your internet traffic to predict what your what your next move is it is yes it definitely freaks people out sometimes but you know if you look at it through the marketing lens it allows them to get messages in front of you that are relevant or more likely to be relevant so you can learn to appreciate it. That's a good thing. And certainly on the other side of it, when you're the marketer trying to reach those people, uh, we definitely appreciate the specificity of, of their results because they are they are great. You know, and it's not people sometimes think reaching prospects like that in social media is free because technically social media is free. You do have to pay to play on that side of things. I mean, if you're trying to get your stuff in front of someone who has no connection to you, you got to spend money to do that. But at least it's very, very targeted money instead of when you think of traditional marketing, you don't really know who's seeing your TV commercial or your billboard. Yeah. And in some of those cases too, it's kind of interesting to experiment because uh, you can try to tweak and, and uh, you know, and customize a, a campaign on Facebook, for example, but sometimes their algorithm does a better job than you probably could. That's true. Yeah. They've got great tools and resources, but testing things out, you know, when you're using those tools, 
it is good to go into it with the mindset that you're going to have to test things out and, you know, do a little optimizing to really find out what works best. Like if I'm marketing a property on there, I would test out, I'd probably test out a few different options. Maybe uh, the main picture of the property being the front, and then maybe one that's like a picture of the kitchen or whatever, and just see, you know, watch it for a few hours and see which one gets more clicks. And then, you know, you know what to run with. Uh, It's very powerful. You know, uh, you mentioned the personal website, but I've actually noticed a lot of people using their Facebook page or their LinkedIn page as that personal website. Like they have their URL redirected to the social networks. Is that a a suggested option? I mean, it's really not. To be honest with you, there is sort of a judgment that comes with having a website for for your business is is pretty standard. I mean, that's pretty standard. It is standard nowadays. I mean, you can definitely um, lose a little bit of legitimacy or credibility in somebody's mind by not having a website. I mean, if you kind of think about looking for a business, you know, if you've ever been in those shoes and the only thing that comes up is a Facebook page, there is sort of a subconscious mental judgment that can come with that. Uh, So, you know, I think having a website and nowadays, honestly, having a website is it's pretty pretty simple. I mean, there's a lot of, you can certainly have professionals design and build them for you and you're going to get the best result from that. But if that's not an option, you can sign up for any one of, you know, different template builders and they make it really cheap and easy. Mm -hmm. No, I I completely agree. You know, between all of these services, you know, Squarespace comes to mind. I mean, you can put up a website within a few minutes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And they look nice. You know, I mean, you still have to figure out the messaging piece of it and you may benefit from some professional guidance on that, but at least having something that puts a professional foot forward, uh, the barrier of entry is just so low. I I definitely recommend it. Well, in the few minutes that we have remaining, I wanted to touch base on, on one other aspect here is that we, we as real estate investors, we talk about all the time about uh, working on the business instead of in the business. And we have a tendency as real estate investors to really get our hands dirty in a lot of situations and, and spend a lot of time and effort on, on some things that, you know, to be frank, um, there's a lot of value in having a professional do some of the things that we are talking about versus where my expertise would be, would be talking to distressed sellers or building those one-on-one relationships. Um, talk a little bit about the benefits of having somebody or hiring somebody such as you and your team to do some of this heavy lifting. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, just like any industry, you know, marketing and branding is very specialized nowadays and, you know, doing it yourself can be challenging because there's so much advice out there of, Oh, you've got to do this and you've got to do that. And really uh, truly understanding it, really looking at things through the lens of who you're trying to reach and creating a brand presence that's in alignment with that, that's just pretty challenging for most people who aren't trained in it. And it just, it matters a great deal. The good thing is once you have a great brand in place, once you've figured out, okay, what are those right key messages that I should have, you know, and and what should, what should people find? What do people care about? And how do I get language around that? So that when they come to my website or they come to my social media profile, they read those things and they're compelled to reach out. Once you go through that process, once you don't have to do it again, I mean, you may have to tweak it over time or whatever, but it's just, it is worth getting it right the first time because it's, it's going to affect just when you think about the fact that it's going to affect every single person who ever vets you and considers working with you moving forward, 
you understand, you know, the importance of it. And I do think working on the business and, you know, it is, you know, it's, it's always great to be out there getting your hands dirty and doing the fun stuff that really got you into the industry to begin with. Um, But taking a step back, having a team in place of, of experts that you trust to ask questions to and, and to guide you in the right direction is, is just really important. You know, I'm probably opening a can of worms here, but you know, if somebody was uh, an, an investor is looking at uh, getting help like this, what type of questions should they consider asking a marketing professional to make sure it's a good fit? Uh, it's a great question. You know, I think the first thing is is really just to get the the perspective of the professionals. Um, what is it that I, you know, essentially, how do I look right now? Audit me right now and tell me, what do you see? And a a really good expert is going to be able to point out the things that they would recommend fixing and be able to explain to you why. Um, The biggest tip I can give you is don't ever, if something doesn't make sense, ask questions and don't ever let anybody talk over your head. There are a lot of people in in the realm of digital marketing that they take advantage of the fact that it is confusing for people. You know, I can, I could confuse anybody if I chose to on search engine optimization, for example, and talk getting in the deep weeds of algorithms and this and that. Um, but at the end of the day, if I'm really doing my job, you're going to understand it and you're going to understand why I'm recommending certain things just as well uh, as I do. So that's just a, it's a tactic I see people use when they're really kind of salesy and just trying to um, scam the person, I guess, so to speak. Um, so don't let people talk over your head. Make sure that what they're recommending for you makes sense. I had a client who uh, who owns a pizza restaurant and uh, a local pizza restaurant, and they had somebody who was trying to convince them that they had to have an app. And you know, his he came to me and said, you know, what do you agree? Do I need an app? And I'm I asked him back, what would you use an app for? And in thinking through it, he's like, well, you know, we don't do online ordering, we don't do this. It didn't make sense for him to have an app. And if he just didn't check his brain at the door and thought through that, he knew that. So just don't check your brain at the door. Ask lots of questions and make sure that you understand the answers and you'll be with a good person. Yeah. You know, and, and do what they're going to do to you. you uh, I Probably the first thing too is check their online profile. I always find it interesting that some of the pe- sales, the marketing people that I've talked to in the past, to be frank, have, have uh, when I do a search for them online, they don't look like they have a complete website or they don't have their marketing straightened out for themselves. That doesn't make me very confident that they uh, can do that for me. No, it's kind of like having an overweight personal trainer. I know that's kind of a crass analogy, but it's true. And you should have somebody that obviously understands and follows their own advice. And surely if they mean what they're telling you, you should do, if they really mean it and they really understand it, they would be following that same advice too. So I think that's a, a good approach. Sure. So one last time, a reminder, head over to thereferralmagnet.com for more information. Um, this has been a really great conversation. I, I, I feel like we're touching the tip of the iceberg as you can go down the rabbit hole of so many things. That's that's the thing with marketing that I've found is that one thing leads to another and you've blown the whole day trying to figure out how to set up a Facebook ad. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> what I always tell people is in you know in the realm of marketing and advertising, everything works to an extent. So don't get caught in the in in the with the challenge of trying 
trying to figure out what's going to work. Everything works to an extent. The game is figuring out what works the best for the least time and the least money invested. Uh, and again, having a good strategic partner that you can bounce ideas off of and talk to is is often a really great uh, starting point for people. Do you find that it's it's better to like focus on like one marketing channel at a time and get that figured out, or do you kind of spread things out a little bit? I do, and and throughout the the book, the referral magnet, I encourage people don't get overwhelmed in trying to do all of this. Pick a handful of strategies and implement them. And then if you want to add more in over time, add more in over time. I mean, there's a ton of strategies in the book, but if you try to do all of it, it's just too much. You're going to get paralyzed and stop. So yes, I totally think you should master a few things and then add on over time as you need to. And then people would typically have to figure out a way to measure this so that we could see some sort of return on investment. How do you typically uh, take care of that? Yeah, that's a great question. So in the digital world, that's one of the another benefit of the digital world is that we have a lot of tracking and a lot of analytics. We don't have to guess how many people saw the Facebook post. We know, for example, whereas again, you don't know in, in a billboard, you know, averages because some salesperson told you. Um, so digital marketing definitely does give you a lot of robust information, tracking information. Um, but really, you know, a lot of times with marketing and branding, it is a combination of doing several different things, all working together in unison um, that makes an impact. So building a new website, if you build a website and you have great content and messaging on that website, it's going to make a tremendous difference. And you're going to notice a big uptick in business because you're having more people that come there and that choose to reach out to you, more people that are converting, right? But if you ask them, how did you hear about us? You're, they're never going to give the website credit. Right? They're going to tell you, oh, my friend referred me or whatever. So did the website play a role? Yes, it played a critical role because when they looked for you, they could find you. And what they found inspired them to get in touch. But the website doesn't get the credit for it because it's sort of everything working together. So some degree, I mean, I think the best ROI is just measurable growth over time in general. Um, you know, If you're hitting everything on all cylinders, that that's the output I look for. Right. You know, I, I just look, I mean, I, I can, like I mentioned, it just becomes a rabbit hole. I could just keep asking questions because we haven't even talked about the actual content, video versus written text and and all everything that's associated with uh, having some reach on social. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, different, different marketing experts out there will tell you different things with that respect, you know, and I mean, the reality is that it's good to have a variety. That's what I would tell you. You know, there are people who very much prefer to watch videos. There are people who very much prefer to just read something. So have a variety, like on your website, if you have a video, let's say you have a video blog, have a, a little section at the bottom that says, click here to read this post and take the time to have it transcribed. I mean, it, it, it's like five bucks to transcribe a five minute video. So get it transcribed and have the written version there too. Having the more options you have for people and the more different ways you're engaging your audience the better it's all going to work. There's no magic pill. And so when you hear people say, oh, you have to have it, everything's got to be video or only, that's the only thing that works anymore. It's just not true. Sure. Well, I, I warned you it was coming. Is there a question you wished I would have asked you here today? You know, uh, I, I think the most important, what is the most important thing that somebody can do in their business actionable today if the net output that they want is more referrals in their business? Um, 
I would tell you the first thing, the the one thing you can focus on that is absolutely going to generate results for you is again, making sure that you, your brand is referable, that when somebody is looking for you, they can find you online and that everything they find that you're actually saying the right things. Don't let your online presence be an afterthought. You would be surprised how many times I talk to people who have no idea what their LinkedIn profile says. They have no idea what their Facebook profile says. They don't even know what's on their website. These are all things they set up years ago and haven't looked at. But just because you're not looking at them doesn't mean other people aren't looking at them and that that's not affecting whether or not they decide to reach out to you. So pay attention to your web presence, vet yourself, Google yourself, look at every single thing that comes up on page one of Google and make sure that everything is sending the right message. And that alone will make a tremendous impact. Well, this has been a great conversation. Uh, I hope you consider to come back again sometime. Like I said, I think we could deep dive into specific categories and maybe even go a couple chapters out of your book, but uh, I appreciate it. Thanks for being here with me today. Thank you. I would love that. I appreciate it. Have a great day. If you learned at least one actionable step to incorporate into your real estate investing, if so, please consider returning some of that value by leaving a positive review, subscribing to our YouTube channel, or joining our growing network on Facebook and Twitter. You can find links to all of our social media accounts in the show notes. See you next time.